have a good one for you here today. Have you ever thought, you know, I really figured my work would bring me more joy, that it would fulfill me, that I would be doing something that I'm passionate about. If so, you're not alone. Welcome into the Rise with Ryan podcast. I'm your host, Ryan Borowski, and I have shared strategies on this podcast about this very same topic from some of the best thought leaders in this space. But in a time where so many people have these questions, when it comes to waking up every day with a burning passion that fulfills you, in living a truly successful life, this may be the most helpful advice you'll ever get. I am so excited, guys. We have our very first guest with us here today. It is Joe Shambrello, an actor and writer, and he had these same questions, but he discovered his passion, pursued that passion, and not only pursued it, but has thrived in that work. Joe is a reoccurring co-star on the renowned soap opera, I'm sure you've heard of it, Days of Our Lives. He is one of four leads on an independent film from Amazon titled The Fast and the Fierce from the same production company that made Sharknado. He guest starred on a comedy pilot for Netflix alongside Frankie Muniz. He has co-starred on Conan O'Brien's show, doing sketches with Dion Cole, and he is here with us today, ready to share his journey. Joe, thanks so much for being here. Thanks, Ryan. Yeah, that was nice. That was some of the nicest things anybody has ever said about me. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, well, here's the thing, and you know this, you may not admit it, it's all true. I mean, you are doing some incredible things in your work now, but one of the, the things I'm most excited about by having you on the show here today is your beginnings and your journey to get to where you are here today. You look at somebody like you, grew up on the East Coast, grew up in sports in Connecticut, not necessarily a Hollywood upbringing, didn't spend a ton of time, if any time, around the arts, but yet we sit here today with your resume and you're doing incredible work in Hollywood. What are some things you did to discover your passion along this journey? Sure. So I just kind of picked out a, a couple different things in high school. Like I was, like you mentioned, into sports. And at somewhere along the way, I decided, okay, I'm not going to play sports in college because I'm not going to play it professionally. So like the logical side of me was like, well, let's try to figure out what else I'm going to do. What else am I good at? I uh, I took like a Myers-Briggs assessment test and it said like, you should be a business executive. And like my dad was a business executive. So I kind of started gearing up for that path. Um, I did end up going to business school. Uh, but yeah, it was honestly, man, like I, I had to figure out like what the hell I actually wanted to do. And the business thing seemed like a safe thing. But on the side, I was, you know, writing poems, I was writing stories, I was making sketches, I was making videos. And I, I loved that. But I, I just didn't really, you know, it didn't occur to me that that's mm-hmm. a path that I could take. So um, I, I ended up really at one point, I, I kind of broke down. Uh, to my dad at some time before college, I can't remember exactly what year of high school. I was like, what, what am I going to do? And, you know, he was supportive and kind of guided me towards business or something that he knew that was safe. And so it just was a long process of, of figuring it out. And I'm well, sure and- we're going to get into it, but along the way, I kind of had that creative side just burst through me and, and take over at some point. <laughs> now you mentioned your dad a couple times. Was that an important thing for you uh, to make sure that you kind of had his approval on what you were doing? Yeah. Why do you think that was? Yeah. Uh, I mean, he's just been a role model for me my entire life. Mm-hmm. And he's been really successful. He, you know, was pretty much the epitome of corporate ladder guy, but, you know, did really well in his work, worked really hard. And it was admirable. And, 
you know, I looked up to that and I saw maybe a streamlined sort of linear path to success that he could probably advise on and, and help me with. We just always bonded over, over similar things. And, mm-hmm. you know, none of which was, you know, theater or writing poems or sketches or anything that might have to do with going to Hollywood to be an actor. So I think I just sort of pushed that side of things down a little bit because I didn't think that would be something we would bond over that he would maybe approve of um, or be able to help me with. So it just kind of, you know, just took its course from there pretty much. Yeah. And what you're describing there is pretty common, right? I mean, it's common for a son to want to really be like their father. And Tony Robbins has a question that he'll always ask and he'll say, whose love did you crave the most growing up? And of course you craved Mm -hmm. your mom and dad's love both. We all did. But usually there's a a dominant one that we crave. And oftentimes for guys, it's why I want to be like my dad, right? You know, it's a generational thing too, with the way we grew up and our parents, a lot of our parents were the first to go to college and get an education. And I'm sure there was a lot of pressure on them to use that education to get a job and so on and so forth and create a better life, uh, life for their children. And, and then it sort of gets to a point where then they can now say, okay, well you, you need a better life than me. Like you can do whatever you want to do and be whatever you want to be. But then it's when push comes to shove a little bit and I don't blame parents out there for this, but it's like, yes, you could, do and be whatever you want to be with within the confines of what I know might be safe and structured and that that can help you with because otherwise that will be scary. (laughs) There's somebody listening to this, Joe, that's locked in on what you're talking about, right? That is thinking that's me right now. I just have this fear. I have this doubt that whatever I want to become may not align with what my parents' expectations are. Right. What advice would you have for them? Um, You know, you just have to be selfish about it. You you have to go with your instincts. Uh, Somewhere along the way, mine kicked in a little bit. And you don't know what pressure your parents were facing from their parents as maybe being the first to get those opportunities and what they may have sacrificed themselves to you know, please their parents, you know, follow your instincts. If something's creeping in, go after it. And whether it's like in incremental steps, fine. If it takes a while, fine. It it probably will. And it should, it's, it's a long path. So, so follow those instincts, get selfish with it. Try to put aside, you know, what others might think, even if, you know, those others are your parents and, you know, you value their opinion. I mean, trust me, I I know that feeling more than, more than anybody. (laughs) Yeah. And I think judgment is whether it is parents, whether it's relatives or friends or anything like that, that's real, right? That's a real emotion that people feel. And unfortunately, a lot of times there's that fork in the road and most people just end up taking that safe path for whatever reason it may be. And I think that's why it's exciting to have you on here because you really decided to follow your instincts and do things like that, that lit you up that fulfilled you. Let's talk about some of those instincts that you felt early on. Because again, we may have people who are like, well, what are my instincts? I don't know what they are. Can you help me? What were some indicators you had that, man, this might, this might be it. And I'm not on the athletic field. 
I'm not in the boardroom. I am somewhere I did not expect to be, but damn, this feels good. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, in high school, I started, you know, making videos when there was class projects and, you know, writing these stories that I would perform and I would get this satisfaction and fulfillment out of it that was like beyond scoring a touchdown or hitting a home run. Something was there and I didn't quite latch onto it because I was still going to go to business school and, you know, follow this linear mm-hmm. path that I, I thought I was going to be on. And, you know, little things came up. My my roommate was a film minor. We co-wrote and I starred in his uh, thesis film that ended up winning the film festival at the school and locally in Providence, Rhode Island. And and that was great. And so there's there's little things along the way that is like, okay, maybe maybe I can really go after this. A little bit earlier, we were talking about right now you're getting some evidence and proof on who you are because you're starting to feel that, right? When you're going through and doing these activities, whether you're writing, it's poetry, producing videos in film festivals, you start to feel, okay, there's something here. A lot of times it's tough to really put a finger on what that is. It's much easier to put a finger on who am I not? I kind of know who I am. I'm building it up through this 10-year span. But it is clear as day as who I am not. So let's, right. you're in Boston at this point, I believe, right? You're in a graduated college business degree mm-hmm. in a sales job. Who are you not? I am not someone who is going to go to an office and work inside sales for nine hours a day. And that is totally fine. It just was not me. I was not somebody who couldn't be creative and use creative ideas towards, you know, a bottom line. I figured out I'm not from the East Coast and I love the East Coast, but I don't know if I'm someone who enjoys the cold weather as much as I thought. (laughs) Fair Which enough. Is like, seems like an arbitrary thing. Um, I had some grueling winters in Boston, man, where I was walking a, a long time to a job that I didn't want to be at. And that can uh, get you jaded pretty quickly. But so I just, yeah, it wasn't someone who could be in an office. I needed face to face connection. I needed interaction. I needed creative freedom. Yep. And so I, I kind of figured out a little bit who I, who I couldn't be. Here's what I'd like for all the listeners to do. If you're listening to this and you're thinking, you know, this is Joe's where I want to be. I want to find out who I am. I'd like for you all to make a list. And part of that list will be who you are. And think about some of the indicators that Joe had and write those down. Things that just make you feel alive. And Joe, feel free to chime in on this. And then the other part of that is who am I not? Because everything we do in life is going to be to avoid pain and or to gain pleasure. So when you look at a list like that, Joe, whether you wrote this down or you just did it in your head, you looked at who am I not and tried to get away as quick as possible and ran towards the who am I to get into the pleasure. And I think that'd be a really good activity to take it out of your head and onto paper. What do you think about that, Joe, for the listeners? Yeah, I I think that's great. I wish, you know, I had someone telling me to do that back when I was (laughs) figuring it out in the trenches. I think that's great. You did figure it out, right? So you went through that whole process. We're just streamlining it for them. So let's talk about that a little Mm -hmm. bit more. We know who you're not at this point. Uh, We know that there's still some challenges, right? You still have loyalty to those loved ones around you who are really rooting for you to do certain things. But uh, what did you do to then build up the proof on the who are you? I almost look at it as like, okay, I'm going to show the world who I am. So what are some things you did 
to do that while you were still working your full-time job? Sure. I started taking improv classes. I started doing theater. I got signed with an agent and a modeling agent, a commercial agent and film agent in Boston. I started taking steps because, you know, we all sit there and think like we can't change things or it's too late. It's not. It really isn't. I, I don't know what made me take these steps, but something in me did. And I'm so thankful for it. But yeah, I would take improv classes three nights a week acting classes on the weekends. I, like I said, signed with that agent and started getting uh, modeling gigs and commercial gigs and just doing all of that stuff on the side. It added a, a level of fulfillment for me that made, you know, the job that was putting food on the table or allowed me to pay my rent much more bearable because there, there was an excitement, you know, to an everyday because I loved those improv classes and the acting classes. And it inspired me to start writing more sketches and, you know, using equipment from the office I was working at to film some sketches because they were starting to support me. And it just kind of snowballed into more of a, of an excitement and, and more of like, I'm, I'm going towards something. I'm moving forward at least, even if it's, you know, an unknown place that I'm going, or even if it's slower than I want, it's, at least I was taking steps towards, you know, figuring out what I was going to do once I, you know, leave this, this office job that I didn't like. There's so much power in progress, right? And seeing mm -hmm. progress, because what that then does is now it gives us some hope. So as you go through that, I just mm -hmm. hear that you're like, hey, there's some, there's some hope now. There's some progress. There's light at the end of the tunnel. It's, I'm not running towards who I'm not. I'm running towards who I am. And it may not be I've yeah. ripped the bandaid off. I'm in LA tomorrow, but you're making progress mm -hmm. there. That right there is, that's inspirational because mm -hmm. it probably seems like a, a ways away, but you were working your butt off at that time. So that's pretty awesome. And I'm so happy everyone gets to hear that, especially given where you are today. Let's talk a little bit about validating skills. Walk us through mm -hmm. your validation process for those of us listening, thinking, okay, I think I know I'm passionate about this. I want to step into it. How should I validate? Sure. Yeah. I mean, it just sort of, if you're enjoying the work or you're inspired by it, there's a little bit of validation in and of okay. itself. And then, so I think that's first and, and it's still hard to, you know, have that self-validation without, you know, other people telling you or any monetary success. But for me, I mean, I started doing local theater after, you know, some months and I took some acting classes in college and I was doing all the improv classes, but man, I, I had a really good gig in a local theater. I, I did uh, the theater production of A Few Good Men, and it was so great. It was the camaraderie <laughs> that I felt in sports. It was, you know, live theater. It was exhilarating. That like shook me to my core with, with how much satisfaction I got with that. So, and I didn't, I probably got paid nothing for that. But then, you know, I do this commercial and I get paid more in one day from that commercial. And I, I have in a week of working in this office job and it's like, whoa, what's going on here? I needed to see some, some money from this before I took it to the next level. I, I really did. Yeah. But that combined with the feelings I got after a theater production were great. So it, it just depends on how you operate. And I had to figure that out. You know, how much am I going to go all in with this before I have an, a certain amount of safety and validation. And I think that's different for everybody. This is building up. It's building up to the full-time move to LA. And I cannot wait. It is. Cannot wait to hear about this. So you have some proof. <laughs> you got some proof internally. You got some social proof externally. You're feeling good. You got mm -hmm. some hope. You're making progress, still working your job. Before we just jump out to LA, I think there's some things that we should probably talk about that most people would have to discuss. We talked about a little bit earlier how you really felt you wanted to follow a certain path because of your dad specifically. 
and a lot of people have loved ones that they're really looking up to. How did that conversation mm-hmm. go? That conversation was tough. Like I said, I'm, I'm going to go to LA to do this, to be an actor. And, and, you know, his reaction was concerned and I don't, I don't blame him, but it was, God, it was hard, man. I just wanted him to say like, you go, go for it. Like I'll, I'll support you how I can. And it just didn't work out that way. And it was, it was like a gut wrenching conversation to have to have. And it was hard to do. And Honestly, my mom and dad, they weren't discouraging. They really weren't. They just, they had genuine natural concerns for their son making this major life and career change. And so, you know, of course, when I say I wanted them to fully support me and encourage me and would have loved to heard, wow, this is great. Go for it. We have no concerns. Like that just isn't realistic. And, and honestly, you know, if I were to do it over, I would have probably communicated better with them and let them in more on this is what I wanted to do. And, and maybe they, they would have given me a little bit more support. You know, I think my girlfriend, and now my wife at the time was really the only one I truly confided in and she was fully supportive and on board and that was hugely important for me and and then my parents were accepting of it ultimately and they you know they helped me financially to give me a little bit of a cushion you know I, I made the trip out to LA at one point um and my brother lived in San Diego so I would visit him I went there and, and took a bunch of meetings and did workshops and casting director interviews and all that and um you know, my mom actually helped me pay for that. So, you know, there, there was that, that sense of, of willingness to help at least, which was important. And, and those meetings were important because I was, I got signed and I got encouragement. And then, you know, I started getting more support from my friends once I opened up. And, you know, so ultimately you know, these life changes and these conversations, they're, they're difficult to have, but there are people out there that'll support you. And I, I wouldn't be in LA right now and certainly wouldn't have been able to stay if it wasn't for for the the love and support of my wife and and then ultimately my parents as well yeah and i think that's so important because nobody succeeds alone it really does take a lot of people to come around you and sometimes joe just takes time right it takes some as we talked about some proof to be able to show what you're doing and i think that's probably what you experienced there with your parents and like you said if you were to let them in earlier what would that look like i appreciate you sharing that and i think it's so important uh, for everybody to hear that hey, maybe sharing my dream isn't the worst thing. In fact, maybe I can get some affirmation. So there's a lot to be learned from that. So let's talk about LA because this is just a whole nother world. I mean, you've grown a ton to this point, going back to not being a part of theater at all, arts, but identifying things, building up proof. We talked about a 10-year period. At one point, you ramp it up. You're in Boston, working a full-time job, doing theater at night, you finally get a trip out there and get some validation from some of the talent out there. Go back, say, hey, mm-hmm. I'm making this move for good. You are in LA. What is going through your mind at this point? Oh, man. I walk into a casting office and now I'm an international movie star. Yes. <laughs> and we all live happily no, ever after. No, no, no. <laughs> that is not how it went. I am immediately going out on audition, luckily. And I just had a sort of like a a grace period that I allowed myself to have. And I got really lucky in that time. I booked a couple national commercials, some good print jobs, um, just because I think I I was kind of free. I opened myself up to like, this is new. I'm going to try to just get acclimated to the city. I like got a life coach, which is something I had never heard of before. I don't know what brought me to that. Um, Started making just some different like wellness changes in my life and just trying to focus on getting my feet under me. And then I got lucky with some gigs and sort of met some people from there. And there was enough highs to kind of get me through the eventual like sort of lull periods that there would be um, 
definitely was not all gravy, but it, it started out enough to give me confidence to ride that roller coaster. I was going to say that's a that's a big deal at that point. A couple of things you mentioned there, wellness changes. What were some of the wellness changes you made? Yeah, I mean, this life coach had me doing meditations and uh, visualization exercises and breath work stuff. And I you know, ended up joining a meditation studio. I don't know if they have those yet where you live, but they're booming out here. And then New York, I know there are some. And, and so helped. just kind of trying. Oh, yeah, it helped. Yeah, just and then I was in acting classes and it, everything started to kind of align. Like there were parallels between what I was learning and doing in this, these great acting schools that I was in and this sort of wellness work that I was doing on the side. There was a lot of connections and parallels that just made things click for me. And I'm, like I said, not someone who's just some free spirit. Like I need a certain amount of structure. I need to have some stability. And, and this is a, not a very stable career. So developing patterns and habits that I can implement into my daily life that will just kind of affect my overall well-being was something that was really important. And that's honestly something that helped me make the move over here. Like I, I, I know I needed to change deep down and obviously to be doing what I'm doing as, as an actor and writer, Los Angeles is the Mecca, but it was, you know, warm weather and palm trees and, and well, just to, to kind of escape and sort of work on myself was almost as important to me as coming here to be an actor or a writer. And, and luckily, like I thought it would, it, it just started aligning and, and, there was a lot of correlation between the wellness work I was doing and my acting work. And I just knew that my, my life was changing. I have not done a ton of meditating, but I've heard nothing but great things about it. And you love it. What do you love about <laughs> I it? I do. Uh, I mean, I'm, I'm a heady person. I'm a competitive person. I played sports and sometimes it worked well for me, but sometimes it just doesn't. And you need to what meditation does for me is it creates more space in between those thoughts because we have like 60 to 80,000, 100,000 thoughts a day. Mm -hmm. But meditation brings me to the present moment and creates more space. And with more space comes, that's kind of where the magic happens. And yeah, I mean, there's breath work, meditation, there's visualization exercises. Do you visualize these parts that you're going to get? Yeah, absolutely. I can't tell you how many times I've like sat down and, and it can be broad or specific. Like I've sometimes said like, okay, I want, you know, this, this audition for an HBO show or it can be a specific show or it can be, I want more, I just want more peace in my life. Whatever it is, it could be mm -hmm. broad or really specific. And then just sitting into that, visualizing it, feeling it. How would you, how would you walk? How would you breathe? If you've had that thing already go out there, like you have that already and that'll allow you to operate from a place of of having already and not you know needing and not desperation and it'll kickstart things and then you'll be surprised what the universe throws back at you i love it man what you're talking about is scientifically based like there, there are facts out there and you could even mm -hmm. go to some of the best most highly sold books of all time the seven habits of a highly effective people mm -hmm. by Stephen Covey. And one of those is begin with the end in mind. And he says, all things are created mentally first and then physically. So what he's saying is you have to mm -hmm. visualize what that end game goal looks like. And then you put first things mm -hmm. first on, okay, what am I going to do to get there? It, it's crazy what's happened with calling in some of this stuff and the opportunities I've gotten. But sometimes I, I, I get the, these opportunities that, you know, I visualize and, and I'll go in and, Oof, I, you, I'm prepared. I thought, and then I blow it. And it's a whole other train of thought of, 
what so happened. How do you bounce back? And then you, you man, it's, it's, it's tough. It's something that is learned and practiced. I think through the work I've done, I'm able to bounce back a little quicker, but then it becomes relative depending on, you know, how big this project might be or this role. I mean, I'll say a month ago, maybe not even, I had a big opportunity that I, that I blew and I sat in my car and I cried like I, I haven't cried in a while. And maybe I just needed to let it out and cry. And you try to search for the lessons in it and that you've learned there's always, and, and you just want to, you know, slam your hand on the steering wheel and say, screw that. Like I, I, I was ready. This should have been my thing. Why do I have to learn any more lessons? And it's hard. It, it, like, I don't, I'm not out here just like, you know, walking on clouds. Like it is tough and it's just a whole, it's a whole other process to deal with. And I think, you know, I just get back to work and I, I try to find the joy again. And okay, even if I'm just working on an audition for like an acting class, or if I get another audition, like it just passes and you know that it passes. And before, you know, I would have probably like had this rumination for weeks or, you know, a month after blowing something like that. And now that time is maybe, you know, three or four days, or maybe it's a day, you know, it just doesn't help me to take it into the next audition or to the next opportunity. And that's something I wouldn't have even said before without kind of just trying to make these changes in the way I think and, and live. And, you know, it's tough. There's no, you know, there's no getting around it. That's tough, but it passes and you move on to the next thing. I think that's a huge call out right there is it's not easy. Rejection's not easy in any aspect of life, especially in a role like yours, where I'm sure you are emotionally in it. I mean, you, the, we could talk about the preparation process. I'm actually curious about that, but then you face this rejection. It's like, what happens next? And I think there is value mm -hmm. in grief. I think there's value in just like, let it out. That was not what I planned. It didn't go to my blueprint. I didn't visualize that, mm -hmm. but then you just kind of, like you said, two to three days after four days, but you start to find joy in that. And I just love that you say that because that goes back to the very purpose of our conversation here today, which is find your passion because that's going to help you in so many ways. And one of them could be dealing with rejection. I want to talk a little bit about the audition process. I mean, you've been in, uh, we mentioned it a little bit earlier, some really cool roles in your time out there. Uh, talk us through what that process looks like. Sure. I mean, it's, it's not foolproof and it's not the same every time. I mean, I'll have, sometimes I get an audition where I have two weeks to prep and sometimes I get an audition where I have two hours to prep. So for me, it's, it's training. I mean, I have had a lot of training, uh, been in some really good acting schools out here and, you know, it's been over five years now. It feels like a full college education in acting. So uh, I feel like I, I just have tools for myself that I use mm -hmm. to you know, implement in my prep. Um, so, you know, I, I'll get a script and I'll break it down in like a certain four step process that I learned that really works for me. I'll end up kind of working on it maybe with someone who's close to me and someone in my acting class or even my wife is really helpful with all of that. And then, you know, just get it in, you know, get the lines in, get it in my body enough to 
feel confident and then just try to relax. Like I've been, I've been talking a lot about, you know, work hard or, or, you know, push and push. Like there's, I don't mean it to be like, you have to like put so much effort in or, or struggle or work. It's, it's almost the opposite sometimes where you, you have to like let go and give it space and, and take a step back. Like the hard work is great. The preparation is great, but there's a certain amount of trust, you know, that I'm enough, that I, I'm this character, that I'm whatever industry, you know, you're in, there's a, there's a confidence level and a trust where you just pull back and, and let it open up for you. And, and really not push almost like kind of make it as effortless mm-hmm. as possible and have some, some ease. So I, I've talked a lot about hard work and, and pushing, but I don't mean to confuse that with the amount you should really trust and sort of pull back and, and let things happen. So just kind of finding that balance for me, depending on what the role is with really prepping without, you know, overdoing it to the point where it, you know, becomes inauthentic or where I, you know, don't have a certain level of freedom and play that I give myself when I go in. So if it's been like a lull period for me, or it's been weeks or months since something's popped and I have that desperation, if I have that neediness, when mm-hmm. I go in, it, they smell it from a mile away. And I imagine it's across the board in any industry. But like I mentioned, when I release that and I say, you know what, I'm not going to not going to check my emails if I'm not getting these opportunities and I'm writing my own stuff and producing and filming. And I just let go of that other stuff. The other, the auditions come in, the opportunities come in because I, I let go of that desperation. And I can imagine it's like I said, across the board and, and anything, if you have that sort of desperation, like people, people know they can tell. So yes, do your prep. Yes. But find a way to, you know, come from a place of like already having it. I love that. So look at this reoccurring co-star we talked about earlier, Days of Our Lives, a lead in an Amazon film, guest starred on a comedy pilot for Netflix. I mean, you are, you just had auditions we talked about earlier. Uh, You're getting that activity. You're doing a hell of a job, man. And that's super inspiring. What are you struggling with right now? I mean, I still have a daily struggle of there's always something to do to be getting better, but there's also, you know, a lot you can do to pull back and just allow yourself to to live and, and have some space. And so I, I struggle with, you know, what to do to, you know, be the most productive and what to do to be moving forward the fastest or, and I struggle with, honestly, like if, if I don't feel fulfilled in a day like that, you know, I have trouble enjoying the simple things like socially going out or, or even going out to dinner with my wife or even having a hangout where we're just watching a movie. I feel like, ah, I didn't, I didn't do enough or I didn't. So it's a, it's a struggle, you know, maintaining that balance of, you know, what, what can I be doing versus like, maybe you can relax a little bit and certainly not talking about, you know, complacency or just contentment, but, you know, allowing yourself to, to be present myself, I should say, and uh, enjoy those times, even if I don't feel like I've earned it. I think that's, that's something that a lot of high achievers uh, that are listening right now, which most of our listeners are, if not all feel that Uh same, that same type of, should I be doing more? Right. And like I said, making the move out here was yes for my career, but as much of a, a lifestyle change as anything. And my wife ended up moving here too. She wasn't my wife at the time, but like, thank God that happened because we love our life here and we we're so happy here. And even if I'm struggling in my career or an audition doesn't go well or you know whatever it may be, I love my life here. And those moments are, are the moments that should keep you going and not like moments like, you know, with friends or significant other, whoever, mm-hmm. you know, th- that's just as 
much of a part of me being here, loving what I'm doing and, and where I'm living and how I'm living as anything. So, you know, to be careful not to make that passion or that dream, you know, for me as acting or writing everything. I heard an analogy once and it was talking about just trying to balance everything in life from career to relationships, to finances, to spirituality. And it said, you know, pretend you're juggling. You may have heard this before and all of your balls that you're juggling are rubber, but there's some certain glass ones. And if you drop those, they could shatter. And the career, the acting, I love it. you drop that, you don't get your part. Guess what? That bounces back up. It's a rubber ball. But you drop the relationship mm-hmm. ball that could shatter. You drop the ball mm-hmm. where maybe you're not, you know, connected with your kids that could shatter. Now you can put those mm-hmm. back together, but it takes time, effort, and sometimes they can't be put back together. And I think that's a constant reminder that I have uh, for myself because the reality is in the grand scheme of things, when you pull yourself out of all of the, you know, in the weeds and how caught up you can get in the process, most of those things, if not all of them can bounce back. Just make sure that you take care of the ones that could shatter. Completely. And and for what it's worth, uh, my parents have visited a number of times and they're so supportive now and they, they understand the way things go now and the, the amount of, I mean, they love my wife too, which helps. She's the best. And the way they see us living our lives and the happiness that we have, you know, compared to how I felt earlier and it's just undeniable. So, you know, that apprehension at first that they felt uh, towards my move or that I felt telling them about it is men's overtime with either success or with just the level of happiness, happiness. That, and energy that you live your life with. The life out here is it, is is what I've hoped it would be. And, and they are happy because they see that too. So Joe, that is amazing. Thanks so much for sharing that. Let's go ahead and wrap things up here today. What I want to make sure that our audience can do is find you. You're continuing to produce work that's out there. I know you got it on YouTube and Instagram. So where is the best place for our audience to find your work that you continue to create? Yeah, it's just my first and last name everywhere, pretty much. So on Instagram and Twitter, at Joe Shambrello, same on IMDb. You can see you know credits and clips. Um, JoeShambrello.com is where I have stuff as well. And uh, yeah. Hey, Joe, thanks so much for joining us here today. This is an inspiration to me, to so many people out there. I just, to look at the blueprint that you've laid out and the path that you have taken to get to where you are today is incredible. You're an inspiration to so many. So thank you, Joe, for sharing your uh, story with us and being with us here today. Thanks, Ryan. I'll say this, just pay attention to your intuition. Um, There's some great stuff that can happen. I saw a tweet from Jeremy Piven, like maybe four years or three years ago when I was in a little bit of a lull and it just said, embrace the journey. And that hit me so hard. I just needed to see that at that time. So just kind of keep your, you know, keep your eyes open for little things like that. And the other day I did cryotherapy with Jeremy Piven. I was in the same cryotherapy tank and like, past him and we had a little conversation and I'm just like, thank you for that. I didn't say this, but in my head, I'm like, thank you for that tweet you sent out a couple of years ago. That was uh, super helpful to me more than you can ever know it. You know, little things like that. Look for those uh, synchronicities and yeah. That's get, awesome. Get it. Go get it. You heard it. The joy is <laughs> Wild, in the right? journey. Go, go get it. Let's go. Hey, thanks get so much, it. Joe. Yeah. I appreciate it. How about that from Joe Shambrello? Hey, I am inspired. I hope you're inspired as well. You look at somebody like Joe who is living his passion right now, and it wasn't easy. You heard what he went through. There was fear. There was doubt. There was uncertainty, judgment at times, 
but he persevered through that and he is right where he wants to be. It's not easy. You heard some of the struggles that he goes through to this day, but you also sense the joy in his voice, how much he loves his life and what he is doing, who he is being. Hey, if you listen to this and you thought, this has helped me so much, or you have somebody in mind that you think it'll help, please share it with them. Share it on your social media, tag me in it, at Ryan Borowski, and I'll repost it. And if you're listening on iTunes, it would mean so much if you could leave us a five-star review, write a comment about how this interview has helped you. I would love to hear it, and that'll also help our podcast grow so we can continue to inspire and encourage even more people to live a life like Joe, a life that is passionate and on purpose. Rise up.